listening to Love, Sex, Business with the Boss Ladies of Detroit. I'm your host, Ayana Williams-Jones, owner of Twin Resorts, Pedicure and Shoes to Go Day Spa, and Boss Ladies of Detroit Business Consulting. And I'm Naya Marshall. I own Ivy Kitchen and Cocktails, Diamo Development, and Detroit Decontamination. And we're your hosts for the official Boss Ladies of Detroit podcast. We have an awesome guest today, a celeb. We love celebs. We have uh, Miss Lauren LaRosa, 28-year-old native from Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, my goodness. I've, like, never heard of anybody from Wilmington, Delaware. Everybody says that. And I just, I just turned 29 literally last month. Okay, so 29-year-old <laughs> Lauren LaRosa from Wilmington, Delaware. She's a pop culture news correspondent, actress, and lifestyle vlogger on the rise. She's been on TMZ, which is a, a everybody knows who's TMZ. Um, if you want to get your daily gossip, that's definitely the place to go. She got her start under industry influencer Angela Simmons. Uh, for Angela IMTV and also has contributed as a host and carpet correspondent for the Electronic Urban Report, produced by industry maven Lee Bailey. Uh, Building her YouTube, she's been building her YouTube platform, Lauren LaRosa TV, where she has maintained her passion throughout it all. From self-produced celebrity interviews ranging from Safari Samuels, you know we got to talk about Safari, (laughs) 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 to the game, to her daily vlogs. She loves doing um, red carpet interviews, digital entertainment series, conducting one-on-one influencer interviews, and hosting live events. I would like to give a warm welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. That celebrity, I'm like, where is she at? Who is this? Who is the celebrity here? <laughs> You're the celebrity. The celebrity. <laughs> you are. Welcome to the Boss Ladies Podcast. Boss Thank Ladies you guys for having great. me. I'm excited. This is my first time doing a podcast like this, like with women, Black women, and then the topics we're talking about. I've never done a podcast like this. Awesome. We just awesome. got started. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm ready. Shake it off. Shake it off. And my Tay voice. Um, all right, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Ms. Lauren. Um, well, I think you pretty much went over a lot of it. Um, I moved from Delaware to LA like five or some years ago. I was in New York a little bit before I came to LA and just trying to figure out if like after college, if I wanted to be in New York, I also spent some time in Atlanta. I knew that um, like I've always been into fashion and stuff and at one point I just solely wanted to like model. And then I had a PA job uh, for a summer with Project Runway All-Stars, the second season. And I came in as a PA and left as a fashion coordinator. And when I did that, I was like, yo, like these people are making so much money in TV. And I knew I wanted to eventually go into acting um, and, you know, having a, a talk show, but I thought that was gonna come after. But when I saw like these people and they were like really living the lives they wanted to live and they were making good money and working with some of the biggest like fashion people, I was like, wow, like fashion and TV can intertwine. I never really thought about that. Like I always thought model or, or, and then I'll do TV. So when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Like I've been trying, you know, the fashion tip for a while. What if I expand myself and really try to figure out TV? And so I was like, well, if I'm gonna do it, I got to go where TV's at. So I ended up in Atlanta for a little bit and was like, you know what? I kind of want 
uh, more of a challenge and I don't want to party too much. So let me go to LA where like, I don't know anybody. So I came here um, and it's, it's been some ups and downs. It's been a, a sure. rocky, rocky road, but I'm here and I'm still here and I'm not going anywhere until I do what I need to do. So that's pretty much my story. And now I'm here with you ladies. So speaking of modeling, I saw one of your pictures and I did notice that you're kind of tall. Are you like 5'10"? I'm like 5'9". Five 5'9"? Nine. Five yeah, nine. Oh, very okay. nice. That's still tall. Oh, yeah. That's still tall. Yeah. In my That's legs about nine off, so I feel like it makes me look, look it's definitely it taller than Ayana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm only like 5'1", so oh I'm going to need you not to put your heels on next to me. <laughs> I got to do some slides next to you. Yes, yes. So it sounds like you got more, like, how did that exposure kind of affect you, having the PA job and then ending up the fashion coordinator? Because I, I think that's what a lot of us go through. Like, we start out in one frame of mind, and then we end up, you know, and our horizons broad. You see how fast that can happen? Like, you know, yes. you just get access and exposure, and then you realize, like, the world is kind of like, this is your oyster now. Yeah. So how, how um, does that affect you? experience and exposure uh, changed my life. My mom was always like, you know, I grew up in Wilmington. It's like the inner city. It's the hood of Delaware. So, you know, like there was a lot of things that we were going through in my household that I never knew. My mom was a single parent. She'd been an entrepreneur my whole life. I didn't understand until I was grown how much that meant. Like, damn, like you, you really held it down because I didn't want for anything. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't even realize things were happening in my house until I got to like, maybe the end of high school um, where I could like help out or whatever, but she was doing her thing, but she was always very adamant about exposure for me and my brother. And, you know, me and my brother uh, just had a, a really deep conversation about how we had different, even though we were in the same household, we had such different experiences growing up, but there was one common theme. Like my mom tried, like, and she never let her hand up off of us. So we have family in New York. Every weekend, she'd take us to New York. And before we go see her family, she's riding us through Times Square. We're, you know, going through Broadway so we can see the right. plays and the billboards. And all of that growing up, I always knew, like, there's more than what I see outside of my front door. And it just made my eyes big. So, you know, that kind of went into, like, me as an adult. And when I decided to work in and start doing things in New York, this was in, during the time I was in college, I was really trying to just find a job so I wouldn't have to stay in college. Like I wanted to go to college and I had fun there. But like for me, I was like, oh, I'm trying to get lit right now. Like I'm tired of being broke. So that was really like my hustle motivator was like, I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being broke. And I just met good people who were okay with opening doors for the exposure to me, Vinny being one of them. Um, I had interned with him a little bit after college as well too. And to your point of exposure and experience, like, there were so many different jobs that I learned about were a real job, right? Because I come from, my mom was a fashion designer, but my mom, it got to a point in her career where it was like, either you spend all the money you have, because retail was the go-to in her day, right? If you were in right. retail, so you were making it. My mm -hmm. mom got approached by Macy's, but they said, look, we, we can't pay for your production. We love your designs, but we can't pay for the production. She had some money saved up and she had a choice do I take this money and buy a home because now I'm ready to have kids and figure it out from there, invest in myself as a business or throw all my money into my clothing line, which, you know, this is not a normal job. And she decided to buy the home and she became an entrepreneur and flipping houses and stuff like that. But like her not, she didn't go the, let me do something that's not tangible way all the right. way. She kind of did, right. but not really. So I had such a, a different experience of trying to 
figure out, okay, is this even a real job? Like, I know I want right. to be on TV, but is that a thing? Does that happen for people like me? I know I want to model, but like, I've been told no so many times on top of so much other stuff. Does that really happen for me? So when I got to these points where I'm seeing these things and I'm in these rooms, I'm like, no, nah, this, this shit is possible. Like, I could do right. this. I literally remember the, the day that I told myself at Project Runway All-Stars, like, this is your career. I met the EP and we were having a conversation and I was asking him like, okay, well, after this show, like, how does this work? What do you do after this show is done taping? And he was like, oh, I'm going to go to um, Spain. And I was like, oh, okay, you got another job there. And he's like, no. no, he was like, this is the only thing I do. And I was like, so you work for two to three months out the year. And then you just like, that's it. Just live the rest of the year. And he was like, when I was your age, I was hopping show to show to show. He broke it down for me, like hop mm -hmm. different production teams, different shows. But now, you know, where I am in my career as an EP, yes, I work these two months. I produce the show. These are syndicated through different networks. And maybe I'll do some gigs on the side if I feel like it, but that's it. And right. from there, I'm, I'm sitting in the writer's room and the producer's room. And I'm like, these people are being paid good money and living well to be creative and be, you know, right. and express themselves. And I always wanted to do that. But, you know, I'm in college where they're like, well, what are you, what job are you going to get after graduation? It, you know, it wasn't like a, so I had the battle of two Absolutely. worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so that that, that's an unorthodox way. You know, yes. we're from Detroit and Detroit is the go graduate, go get a job or graduate, go to college and then go get a job. You yeah. know, I think I think the culture here now and you, know, you can expand upon this is about entrepreneurship. So you see so yeah. many young people which is a fantastic thing. But, you know, when you come from that, you know, the beauty of it is that your mom was an entrepreneur, you know, and she mm -hmm. she did calculated risk, it sounds like, you know, what yeah. I mean? You know, yeah, very so much. I think I think it was around the time when she decided to have us that her risks were more calculated because well, before well, that I'm sure she was living her life like it's golden. There's a lot well, of things I, I'm I sure. Still hey, I'm sure. You, you get, that's, 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 that's the that's the goal. Smart move. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, now so that, she's gonna go thing. back to being a. Now she'll probably be able to go back and do those things since you guys are grown. Those I'm trying to get her to man. It's something about you know moms that like like she de dedicated her whole life to us. Like when when she decided to have kids, everything stopped. So we did homework time. We did trips to ice skating. Like my mom literally like facilitated our lives outside of school and other stuff like that. So sometimes I'd be having to remind her like, mom, it's okay to just like let me be. Like go live your life, sis. Like it's okay. Right. And I think we don't know how. Like even when. <laughs> We, we don't know how, like I have adult children and they, they, oh, you said you do. <laughs> I'll be like you, Naya, like seriously, I want, when I can get my life back after I decided, my kids call me every day. Listen, my daughter calls me. She just called me yesterday and goes, listen, sis, they just like put our hours down and the lady said this and I said that like every day they call me three four times a day like literally yeah, and she's and in college like right now we, we we talk a lot sometimes I have to be like mom I'm gonna call you back okay I'm, trying, I'm just really trying it's like the, the roles have switched now so a lot of times it's like me taking care of my mom and I'll be trying to explain to her like a part of you taking care of you is taking time to figure out what you want to get back into. I mean, it's COVID sure. now, so we can't do much. But right. like, I want my mom to find herself outside of us again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, and it's, it's going to take a minute once, you know, maybe once you go over to Spain. <laughs> 
on holiday, right? right? Yes. So speaking of that, um, tell us a little bit when coming up under, um, when you got your start coming up under Angela Simmons, how was that? Because I, all I know about Angela is from Run's house. Yeah, um, th- I think that's why it was cool because she's very like reserved. So it was like to be around her and kind of see the, cause she was trying to figure out her place. I think as far like outside of this is Reverend's daughter. So she, um, at the time she was like different business ventures everywhere. Um, and when I got chosen for the show, the day that I found out that I got chosen, mind you, I'm in Delaware at this point, this is after college. So I'm living in Delaware and working at Barclays in Delaware, but this gig was in New York. So my mom and me drove to New York because I was like, we need to have an emergency meeting with everyone who auditioned. We drive to New York and I walk in and she's there and she's like, oh yeah, we picked you. Like you're the, they're the host, whatever. And we had a conversation. She's really chill. Like definitely a New York girl for sure. Very, very New York, like very, she's going to say it how she feels and very straight to the point. Um, but it was a big like moment of me. Like that was my first platform as talent. Like I had done things behind the scenes, casting, production, but this was my first moment officially as talent. And I remember she posted me on Instagram and like my followers were going crazy. People were calling me and I was like, yo, I've never experienced anything like this. Um, and a lot of it was like, so entrepreneurial as well, because they didn't really know what that, like they, it was new. No one really knew what we were doing, but like we all knew enough to get it done. So that, I think that was instilled in me from that job. And even before that, like, no matter how big the platform is or who the person is that's governing it, um, you got to come in, like really being willing to do the work because right. I remember we went to our first event and we didn't have mics. And I went up to her and was like, hey, uh, you know that all the sound is going to be horrible. And she was like, wait, the video guy doesn't have a mic. And I'm like, no, not even a boom mic. But the video guy was used to shooting just random like recaps and music and like just different things that didn't require that. So that was a learning point. So next time we need to have a little production meeting before we go into the event. So we know that we have everything we need to have. I used to find the events and pitch us into those events. So I learned a lot about that. Um, it was just a learning experience, but it, right. was a it sounds great- like you wore a lot of hats. Do you prefer to be in front of the camera or behind the scenes? In or the are beginning, you comfortable on both? In the beginning, I'm, I'm comfortable on both because I started behind the scenes kind of on camera and then went into fully on camera. But um, I remember in the beginning, I used to be like, I don't want to do nothing behind the camera because it's going to mess me up as being talent. And it was like completely, that was a wrong way of thinking. Everything I've ever done on camera I've need, I've had to do things behind the scenes too the one band one sound like one man one band thing is like so prevalent in entertainment like if, if you don't know everything it's going to be very hard for you to like really get far without people just giving you whatever it is that you want instead of you going and getting what you want um because this industry is like even if you're working for a company you have to be a, a hustler and an entrepreneur so I'm comfortable on both and I've always had to do both but I want to stay in positions where I'm able to do both. Um, and eventually I do want to go to like writing and um, directing and producing like shorts and stuff like that too. Oh, very nice. That sounds awesome. And it sounds just like, um, like, you know, this, the phrase here for Detroit is Detroit hustles hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's all we know. And then I'm from New York, Brooklyn. So when you mix that together, you know, oh, yeah. we just got to hustle all day, every day, you know, hard <laughs> and harder. But it is just so good to hear um, 
someone that, you know, I like for people to hear the journey. Like a lot of people see um, celebrities such as yourself <laughs> and they see, you know, the, the 20,000 followers, but they don't get to hear the process that you went through to get there. So yeah. they're thinking like, oh my God, she woke up and she was on TMZ and oh my God, she woke <laughs> up and she was on IMTV. And it's like, no, you need to know she had to put in that work. And that's with any job, entrepreneur, um, General Motors, uh, whatever company you're at, you mm -hmm. have to put that work in. And that's the part that people don't get. There are no overnight, you know, overnight successes where there are, if you go, you know, you wake up and you, you're trending, then right. that's a little but bit even, different. Even, but even if you're overnight success, if you don't know what to do with that moment, like that's going by the next day. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's still, you got to understand the hustle behind the the outward appearance of whatever it is that you're doing now um do you have like uh so do you do all your bookings yourself you and your mom or do you have like a literary i mean not literary agent but a um an agent yeah. and then someone who does your bookings for you or do you handle all that yourself now so i for the most part i handle everything myself i do have a person that I work with um it's like it's here and there depending on what it is um that brings me some stuff sometimes uh, she's amazing her name is Tanisha Cameron she is everything um black woman who just met me as a tour guide at TMZ and just believed in me from there um but I'm not officially like signed with anyone I I do want an agent um but I'm waiting on God for that because I know that I want an agent who's like, I need somebody that believes in me. I work very hard right. by myself. Everything I've done up until this point with the help of other people, I've been my manager. I've been my agent. I've had to learn how to have conversations about pay and, and, you know, promotions and stuff like that. So I want how, to how did you, how did you learn that though? Cause that's a, I find that that's a difficult conversation for women. Mm -hmm. Women, are I'm not uncomfortable talking about money. I've always been very comfortable because you know, where she's from. a boss boss. You know, money. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I get right to the money conversation. That's probably the most important part of the conversation. But uh, how did you learn that, though? Because a lot of women have um, are uncomfortable. Uh, well, in a, I, think... I have a niece. She is a um, she's in D.C. and she has an MPH and she works for the government. And every time she's up for a new position, she's calling me about how to start this conversation about her compensation. I think that's one of the reasons so many women are underpaid. You know, women earn 74 cents to every dollar that men earn, especially in the entertainment industry. You know, there's a huge oh, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough for us so women. Me. So how did you, how did you learn that? It's trial and error. And honestly, I'm still learning it. Like right. a, a lot of it though, has just been like, I feel like within since March and probably a little bit before then, um, just 2020 in general, I've really found my voice like anybody watching this that knows me would be like girl you ain't never not had a voice like I'm, I've always been outspoken you know my mom is a very when's your birthday November 22nd oh, my mom is a very strong person as well too but I say this all the time like I feel like the world will humble humble you especially as a black woman and I remember even being in high school and like things would happen or I would go certain places and something wouldn't be right and my mom would go off to the point where I started not wanting to bring her because I'm like I don't want nobody to do nothing wrong because I'm not my mother 
but but at the time I thought you know you got to keep your head down and just keep pushing or it ain't gonna happen now I understand why my mom is that way like now I get it so as I find my voice and honestly trial and error like I've taken you know contracts and deals where I'm like bro but all y'all seriously got me doing all this work for this money this little bit of money like or I ask for something and then I don't get it. And then, you know, I see a write-up about the project and there's millions of dollars in funding, but you guys didn't even want me to hit two, $3,000 for a, a day rate. Like, right. so I, I, it really just has been a lot of trial and error and I'm still learning. Um, but I will say that like, I'm looking forward to the point where I do meet my agent. And even before I get an agent, this go around, um, like within the next like month or two, I'm going to get a lawyer on my team that I can afford to have someone to look at contracts and stuff. Sure. Sure. I don't care how comfortable you are with having certain conversations. I watch people the conversation is different when you have certain people behind you. Like they don't even mm -hmm. approach you with some of the BS that they um, approach you with when you have certain people speaking on your behalf. Um, so I want to know it because I need to make sure my team is doing the right thing when I get that sure. team. But I understand that like, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to, uh, not waiting, but I am open to having that agent and that lawyer to kind of sit down yeah. at the table with me because I know what I deserve and I know I work hard. And I've learned that about, you know, being not being grateful to be in the room, but understanding that you're needed in that room and people sure. should treat you accordingly. I've learned so much of that within this last year. Yeah, you, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't given the seat at the table. You took the seat at the table. And in fact, you start building your own table and putting people around that table, you know? Yeah. So I understand that completely, but you know, you still have to negotiate even with your, your, your attorneys and yeah. your agents. And, that's all, what all the and I, I find a lot of the key is, is even when I didn't have a lawyer, <laughs> I would let them know before, well, send it over to me and I'm going to send it over to my lawyer. And that's something that they're in their minds. Oh, she got a lawyer. It I got to send this over. It changes yeah. the whole atmosphere. Yes. It puts you in it, in it and you might not have that lawyer yet, but it at least puts you and lets them know, oh, I'm business. You know, I, I did that for probably the first half of my career. <laughs> See, but that, that's the thing though, even learning that. And I've been grateful to have so many good people in my life that mm -hmm. really didn't mind schooling me on some things. Like, yo, this is what it is. I don't care how this person is making you feel when you walk in here behind the scenes. It's, it's about business. And this yeah. is the way you mm -hmm. ring, blah, blah, blah. Like I've had that. And I really take heed to, you know, genuine people who are like that because it's a lot of things. I literally moved here and did not know anything like I was just like I'm looking on tv like I didn't know anything so I'm literally learning everything as I go period and the good part about that is you appreciate it more mm -hmm. so um when you have a lot of times people come in it and they're hiring these people to do things for them they're hiring a lawyer they're hiring an accountant they're hiring an agent and that's how people get robbed Yeah, because yeah. you don't know anything and you're dependent upon these people that you think are professionals right. and they know at this point 
you don't know anything and sometimes they take advantage but when you do it the way that you're doing it you're putting yourself out there you're having having these conversations you already know what you want in an agent because you've already been doing it that's going to make it so much better and easier for you yeah. you know you're still going to have to you know hold them to the fire yeah I always do tests i always do tests you know loyalty tests they don't know they going through Yes, it. she does. I, I do loyalty tests. Test. How do you do a loyalty test? What is it? So the loyalty test is you know more than they know. <laughs> you just see how they react to what they what you know. And and Got you it. know, and, and you follow, let me tell you what God gave us is God gave black women guts. So and instincts. And when you feel it's not right, it ain't right. Yeah. And sometimes you might you might have to sit yourself down and think about it and be like, you know what, let me take a minute. Because sometimes things go so fast and you're in the process and you're like, oh my God, I gotta make a decision. No. Sit, get to yourself, and ask God and He and follow your instinct in your gut. And one thing for me, and Naya can probably contest to this too. If he closed one door, he's definitely going to open it. Yeah, he's going to open sure. another. And as we have to, he gave us that instinct for a reason. And I tell people all the time, when people show you who they are the first time, believe it. Believe it. Believe it. <laughs> but, you know, you're also building up an arsenal. So all these things, you know, my, the parent, my parent company is called Diamo. It means did it on my own. That means that. I can, everything that I've hired someone to do, I was doing it before I hired you. You know what I mean? And right. so all this huge arsenal of skills, right? I mean, your, your mom already prepared you. She left, sent you out into the world, obviously, with an arsenal of, of, of skills and tools for you to use. And I think each job that you're, you're having and each encounter and experience, you're just building that base to the yeah. point where your foundation is going to be deeply rooted so that when it comes time for you to do your own project, right? It's going to be fantastic because you already have all these tools to make it come to life like you know it should. And it helps you hold them accountable. Yeah, it does. You know, because if I know, so a lot of people, when I hire my first PR years ago, I didn't really know what a PR does. So when a person comes in and they're telling me, you know, oh, you know, I'm supposed to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm going to pay you. But now it's like, okay, I know exactly what your resume should be. You should be doing this for me, this for me, yep. this for me. And if you not doing that then I can hold you accountable and yeah. because I've been doing it myself for so long you know you need to be above what I'm already doing or you know at least above what my girl Naya over there doing <laughs> she do it herself so I'm like okay, girl, I'm the queen of doing it just the DIYs <laughs> I think so what, what's coming up with you what's 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 on the um, so, I mean, right now, I think I'm just like going as things come. Um, I have something that'll be dropping with BT, like a little project that I was a part of nice. um, that'll be dropping with BT and T-Mobile soon. Um, we are doing Piece of the Pie with TMZ, which is a franchise that I helped um, like facilitate within the platform. 
And that's focused on people and black people in Hollywood who, you know, have just different stories about what they went through here, just trying to be okay and how it's not okay about what they went through. Right. Um, so that's happening. I'm working a lot at with uh, TMZ. I think for the most part right now, and even with my clothing brand, um, you know, we, we have some, this is from my Let's mom. Let's talk about my clothing brand. My clothing uh -huh, brand wait, is wait, we got to pause for the cause because we need you to get up. And and show us, yes, yes. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, yes. I love the way the sleeves are on here. This is my favorite, like little like easy throw on because I, I haven't been leaving the house since all of the lockdown stuff. So right. it's like you don't feel like you're too dressed up, but like, yeah, I could get on Man, here. And I would have needed that in like a a large, but a big girl large. <laughs> no, like, I, I no, got, don't believe you know, her. No, I see like a big girl large, like, you know, Don't believe her. the boot for so the booty. What's the name but, of your brand? Tell us what inspired it. So my brand is called um, Season of Solo. Um, I started with swimsuits in 2016 Ooh. when I moved back to LA and the swimsuits were uh, Sola Rosa somewhere. So I had a friend that used to always be like, girl, the stuff you wear is just so you, like nobody, like it's so you. So I was like, mm, Sola Rosa, like that sounds good. So I made it a swimwear line, was doing that just to see if I could sell like products to people and right. people were buying it. So I was like, okay, I want to go into a clothing line. So me and my business partner sat down one day and figured it all out. And we came through with um, a full online uh, fashion and design like boutique. So we design and manufacture custom pieces, but we also have stuff that we buy as like, you know, buyers from vendors and, and resell sure. as well too. We have custom t-shirt designs. Um, and Season of Solo, the tagline for the brand is uh, elevation requires separation. And a big part of that was like, just my journey in my everyday like I've always had to kind of like set myself apart and be like okay but you got to focus though like if you right. really want to get somewhere you got to focus mm -hmm. if you really want to get somewhere you got to sacrifice and you got to yeah. be still in the sacrifice so it's always kind of been that me learning about being still and, and tunnel vision and you know everybody can't come with you and, and those things and where it got me to and where it's going to get me to if I stay consistent with that and if I trust God in that and when I first moved to LA, I had a job and I quit the job like within the month that I came here because it was just horrible. And I was like here with no job, just figuring it out for like three, four months. Like, and right. it was tough. It was a very difficult experience, but I started doing red carpets during that same time. And I remember having to still show up like, and it's crazy because in my life, I feel like fashion has always been my escape. So like when I wanted to get out of my neighborhood, I took a fashion internship um, when I, you know, wanted to figure out my way through college. I needed money. I threw a fashion show like it's always been kind of that like tunnel for me right. of, of my journey. Um, and when I first moved here, you know, being on the red carpet, you got to look the part and I had no money. So I could not shop. But I'm so fashion is a passion for me. I can you can throw me in a thrift store and I'm gonna walk out looking like, oh my God, like she really puts it together. So I told myself then, like when I do start a clothing line, I wanted nice pieces and I really wanted to design and create art, but I wanted them to be at really good price points because you're, you go through different phases of your life and you go through different journeys and it don't matter what you're going through. You still got to show up. Like we literally have right. to wake up every day and show up. So my clothing brand is for men and women who are going through these different seasons. That's where season comes from. Different seasons of their life, whether they're solo or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you still have to show up and we're, we want to help you do that. And we want to, you know, 
come on over and spend your money with us. And, and, and through our clothing, you can, you can tell a message. Like we have the Brown girl grinding t-shirt. We have fact black women are fucking gorgeous. Like a lot of our stuff is deep rooted in our message of like feeling good about yourself and knowing who you are and supporting people and, and, and loving your people and stuff like that. So it's kind of a plethora of different type of products, but it's all rooted in the, you got to really buckle down and figure it out and, and focus through those hard times, but you got to show up too, looking like yeah. what you're going through. You have to show up like a million like, bucks. I love that story though. And the name that it's, it's fantastic. It's like a, dia- a diamond, diamond name. <laughs> <laughs> I am loving this. Okay. So now, you know, we're going to do TMZ for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Naya never watches TV. <laughs> a lot of people don't watch TV, though. You'd be surprised. A lot. Of I, I try to stay focused, and my way of stay, staying focused is blocking out the noise. No, I, I love TMZ because I love Harvey the lawyer, only because I I went to law school and I love law, so I always like to see him turn a lot of stuff into legal when he's on the show. And you know, I I just yeah. love that part. Um, but I was looking at one of your episodes when R. Kelly was, uh, when you were like, yeah, he was really nice. <laughs> and he asked, could he get on the bus with us? <laughs> and then um, the one guy was like, you're not going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, I started at TMZ as a tour guide. So I, I did see R. Kelly um, one day on the bus. And I think he actually, uh, the Jocelyn Savage girl, um, I think she, I'm not for sure. It might have been her. There was another girl named like Holly, I think. Um, but there was one girl with him. She was gorgeous. Um, but yeah, he was just walking down the street into like this restaurant. We saw him and he was very nice. He was very charming. They said, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's how he gets you. Like, I didn't even think about it at the time. Cause like, I was just like, you know, I'm on this bus. And I think that was around the time too. when like, we had always heard so much stuff about R. Kelly, but people just swept it under the rug for a very long, right, time. A long time. This was yeah, right we, before. We were young and I graduated school in the late 90s and we knew about it then so but you know that that happens a lot in our community where people just like sleep things under the rug but different time now and I this was literally right before the Lifetime series not even before it dropped but before they started promo in the trailers and stuff so people knew something was coming that turned the tide for sure so that's how we started talking about it. I think we were talking about the trailer that had dropped. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, I did run into him. And he was, like, super, super charming. Not to say I don't know if he was going to try to get me or not. But I was like, so. <laughs> but I like, just look at it. I look at it yeah, like. we remember the video. Remember back in the day? <laughs> yeah, well, see, I, so I went oh, to Oak Park tape? High School. Yes. I went to Oak Park High School. And their studio was, like, around the corner. That's the high so, school he used to come to outside of, right? Yeah, so he would come up there and play basketball because we had a basketball court. And mm. one of my friends, he, you know, hit on them. But my whole thing is, is, you know, only God knows is between them, you know, it's always your side, their side and the truth. And my whole thing is, is that if you arrest him, you need to go and get all them uncles and uh, <laughs> you know, that was outside the high school. Yeah, there are picking all, up all girls, the homies, yeah. all, all the, homies. the homies and all, you know, all the granddads even the, that even their wives series, was like, like 30 years younger there were than them. men in the series that were like, yeah, I knew what was happening, but. Cause they was doing was it too. I'm like, what? Like, how are they not going to jail too? Like, yeah. 
but like, I do know, you know, I always with the lawyer part, I always do devil's advocate. And I do know I was that 16 year old that was lying about my age. <laughs> Listen, I think because I've been a 16 year old girl and even to be honest, what's so crazy is when all this R. Kelly stuff came up and we were having real conversations about it and not just making R. Kelly this like untouchable man. Um, I remember bringing it up at work. Like, you know, what's so crazy is that when I was young, old men his age were hitting on me too. And I all thought the it was, time. It I was thought all the time. I thought it was normal, I was, right? Girl, but I think a fake ID like that's because every young girl wants to be what? Older. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely so think that it's about those things were like, like you, you have to realize that um, there's been a long time of like people not breaking cycles and not having real conversations because yeah. I never talked to my mom about older guys trying to talk to me and I honestly don't know what would have happened if I was 16 and I brought home a 40 year old man I don't know I don't I don't know if my mom would have been upset or not and the fact that I don't know is like a whole like you know what I mean but I think it's because for generations there is just like this thing of well the difference, it's, it's cultural it's yeah 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 so I think that now like the conversation is a lot different. Like, it, yeah. so I think that that's going to help change the tide too. But because we all know girls who were young it, who were dating men 10, 15, but 20 it was years normalized at that time. You, but like, I, it was a very normal older men. But I also think we need to hold some type of accountability, right? So, how you just said the generational thing, we need to hold some type of accountability and we need to tell our young women that our actions are not acceptable. So I don't mean as far as like, oh, what you wear, I shouldn't wear this. Certain things are not acceptable. You should not be going to a young man's house at two o'clock in the morning. I don't, I agree with that, but not all the way because I also feel like if you do end up there, he shouldn't take advantage of you. He shouldn't take he advantage of you. He has no right to do that's, that. That's, no, two no. o'clock a.m., if not a guarantee, yes. That doesn't mean that. No, yeah, I'm not that's, saying that. In those hotel rooms with Harvey Weinstein, because you walk in a hotel room, you basically are signing yourself up for whatever came out. No, that's not what I'm saying. No. What I'm saying is the accountability of it, right? Because I'm sure your mother had the conversation with you that, listen, there's nothing I open after 12 except legs and what? You sound like a mom. <laughs> Thank you. So that's the accountability piece, because if I don't plan on, if I know, or if I even heard that you were like, there's no way, there's no way I'm coming to your room at two o'clock in the morning, you know, and then like the Tyson said, there's no way I'm coming to your room two o'clock in the morning, going to the bathroom, taking my stuff out of me. And now, what I also think that is, if I do all that and I could have had intentions on doing it and you could have did something to F up the whole situation, no means no at whatever point. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's an invitation. But what I'm just saying is, is we have to hold ourselves accountable and we need to show these young ladies, listen, some things you shouldn't put yourself in that position. I think that it's accountability factor outside no. of the women too, though, because I think the industry mm-hmm. for a very long time allowed a Wipe lot of what was happening. Like for me, for instance, right? I've been hearing about R. Kelly my whole life, right? Same. But whole at life. the same time, mm-hmm. R. Kelly has been free to roam these streets, 
super crazed pop star, R&B star that everybody loves, people are supporting. To this day, there's still the argument of do you separate the man and his actions from his legacy and his, his music, right? We still are having that conversation to this day after everything that we've seen. For me, if I was not in the position where I actually am as a journalist doing my own investigations to report on this and speaking to different people, I didn't even believe a lot of stuff I was hearing was real because it was so far-fetched. How could a man do and, and terrorize women this way and still be free to roam the streets and perform in front of millions of people? I couldn't fathom that. But I think that there's accountability mm -hmm. that goes from like women, but also men as well to everybody. Like everybody in this type of, in this mm -hmm. situation specifically with R. Kelly, there was a lot of people that should have taken a responsibility or an accountability stopped to stop something mm -hmm. that didn't. And because of that, I think that there was a whole thing of like, is this even really happening? Because ain't no way this man will be, you know, people are just, the women are meeting and him down and to parents. rich guy. And, and, and that's attractive. And, that's and, and down for to reason. parents. Yeah. And down to yeah. parents. You know, you had you had some parents that like the one girl, her parent brought her to the concert and put her on the stage with him and put ain't no <laughs> way I'm sending my son to uh, Michael Jackson house. Care <laughs> <laughs> what what contract I, I agree completely. So Laura, we want to know more. We want to know about you. Who are you dating? How is dating in LA? Um, well, I have a boyfriend. I've had a boyfriend or I've been dealing with the same guy since like my senior year of high school. We oh. took um, like two years where it was like weird and every, we were trying to figure it out and I was here and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of dated a little bit during that time and dating here was not like it was it was ghetto. I was not <laughs> I was not interested. Um, but I mean, I think it's because L.A. like people just trying to have fun for real. Right. Um, but yeah, so I've been dealing with, his name is Diamante and we've been dealing with each other for like so long. We live together now. He's been here. He's been living in LA for like, probably like three years now. Oh, nice. So yeah, we live together and I mean, I've, we've been good. We're good. Um, my biggest thing before he moved here, I was like, nope, like I'm not moving in with somebody unless I'm met. Cause I was raised, no, we not moving in unless we're married. And I know I'm not trying to have no kids no time soon. And when people move in together, that happens, like whatever the case may be. So that was like a big deal for me of like why I pushed it off for so long. But then eventually I was just like, you know what, let, let me just see. Like the worst that can happen is we figure out that it don't work. And then now we can like finally either completely separate because we had never completely separated. Even when we were like single, it was still like there's like a hold on like, okay, but we never really got to try it. We've always been in separate places from college to grown up life. So now we're actually like together and like really trying like dating. And even though we're in a relationship, we're dating, if that makes sense. Right. It does make, well, you have to date the person that you're in a relationship with. Otherwise mm -hmm. it won't work. Yeah. So absolutely. So you do get saved today, Miss Lauren, because normally we have um, our lo love sex bow. <laughs> and we pick out these questions and um, but because we're not in the studio today this is kind of uh you know a relaxed day no hot say no <laughs> oh, oh, we we're gonna still ask a couple questions but we we won't have the specific questions that are on the paper okay. so um everybody gets to ask a question so Lauren, you can ask a question. We won't pick it. Naya, you can ask a question and then I'll ask a question. My question so Lauren, is like to you guys. Yep. Okay. You can pick one of us. You can ask Naya the hard questions mm -mm. and ask me the easy question. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
And this <laughs> see, is, she, and she agrees. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm asking. Wait, I'm gonna ask both of you guys. Well, I only get one question, so if I if I ask the question, now nah, you can. We we got a couple of minutes. We we can fill it out with the questions. Okay. Go ahead. Alrighty. Um. So my first question is to whoever wants to take it: the worst sexual experience you ever had. Did you actually tell that person, or did you just like take the L and just keep it moving? Naya, go ahead. <laughs> I I'll answer it too, but Naya, you go ahead. Um. So for me, it took, I've been mature a long time. I had a child at a very young age. So when it came to like work and school, you know, uh, I'm an engineer, I have an MBA. So all these things, I was very confident in myself. But when it came, when it, even today still, when it comes to sex, I'm still a, a little demure at times. You know what I mean? So it took me a little longer to even know that I'm supposed to be having fun while I'm having sex. You know what I mean? So wow, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of it, people don't. It takes a while. Yeah, it took so I matured later. And so um I I took the L. <laughs> the L. I never take an L. How <laughs> was that conversation then though? If you tell like I you got to get up. You got to get up. And we got to end this situation. So you're just like, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, I gotta go. Mm-mm. You don't even wait to the end to be like, be like, oh, you're not just no. calling no. no, no, <laughs> I never take an L. No, because so, you're not gonna be happy, and I'm sitting over here still incomplete. No L's for me. That's the Brooklyn part. Sorry. We don't do L's. What's the conversation like? Like what? Like how do you? I can't even fathom. Like it just would seem like this ain't working for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Your goals. Yeah. I mean, now I'm fine though. Like I that I think that's what held me. That's why we were so like don't let each other go for so long. But when I was dating other people, I was just like I cannot do this. Like I don't even understand like women wanting to try things, different things, like multiple random people like I'm yeah. there and stuff mm-hmm. but like I felt like I was wasting my time like you know no, and then I'm I'm like the mild one out the family because my sister is like rude with it and my cousin would be like you can't break a man's ego like that like she will literally be like what are you doing with that so oh. <laughs> I'm the good one she's the bad one <laughs> and she's a Scorpio so you have it in you <laughs> yeah it's the, I mean I'm on the cusp I'm Scorpio Sag so that's even worse so it's, it's there I just I'm more of like a like even like not even just sex but like if I if I went out on a date with you and the vibe wasn't right I just probably just won't answer the phone no more like yeah that would be me that would be me I don't want to have to be wait. rude to you now that I'm well I haven't dated in years but um now that I'm older like even when I was dating like I I, I literally only gave you I would I got really smart with it and would only do 30 minutes because I don't, one thing about me is- I Wait a minute, what was 30 minutes, Naya? 30 minute date? 30 or? minutes, yeah. So you, like 30 minutes. Like, she is I was so organized. Like, How do you do that? Minutes. Like you don't, you obviously don't have drinks at your dates because once you start drinking, you don't- well, I don't, I don't need to drink with you. I don't even know you yet. Like, I don't know if I want to spend my time with you. And so I'm really selfish about my time. So I only want, I rather spend my time kicking it with my girls. You know what I mean? Kicking it with my family. You're very intentional. 
very much so very purposeful you know what i mean very much so and so i was just it wasn't it was a thing for me like i don't i don't want to i don't know that i want to sit here and be and spend my time with you and so it, wow. it would literally be a thing of okay well let's just meet 30 minutes blah 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 you know that kind of thing and at that point then i'll know and then later i may call you and if i don't that means i'm not interested <laughs> i ain't that bad that, I mean, but both of those points that both of you guys made are like things that people should want to, if you're dating people, those are good um, things to have. Like I was young, like this was like, this was years, he's been here for three years. So I think, yeah, like three, a little bit over three years ago when we decided like, okay, we're going to seriously do this. We're going to try it. And before that I was trying to date, I wasn't even really successful at it because it was just like a lot of wasted time. And mm-hmm. I don't like wasting my time, but I'm also, I like experiences. So it's like, no, I don't just want to go to the club. No, I don't like no. date. Like dates are a thing. Like people go to restaurants. We can go mm-hmm. to an like amusement park. Like, but guys in 2020 don't really understand all of that. That's because yeah. the, the 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 girls made it so easy. Like you know, they don't date anymore. It's like, well, let me come over and chill with you. No, like yeah, you know. Okay, but Naya, your turn. Your oh, question. I'm on the spot now, so I'm, um, shit. Uh, <laughs> That's not a question. Yeah. Um, how, how do you resolve conflicts in your relationship? You guys live together now. Yeah. So you have all this history, right? You've been together mm-hmm. a long time. How do you, what happens when you are both in a position where there's no compromise? Um, one person just gives in and normally it's him. Sounds that, good for me. It. Yeah. Like, because if not, like we both are like very like, mm-hmm. it, it, like we, we've so, and we had to learn that. Cause I feel like it was getting to the point where like, we would go back and forth about something forever. And I'm very like, like, I, uh-uh, like I'm going to keep going. Like if I feel if I'm passionate about something, I'm going to keep at it. And with him, I can see that. Yeah, and with him, he even though he won't admit it, he's very like tick for tack. So if I'm <laughs> passionate about something, now he becomes passionate because he feels like, no, you're not about to win this argument. So we and it would get to the point where like we're literally arguing, like real arguments about mm-hmm. something very stupid or something old that was brought up, and we can't even communicate. Yep. We're, still, we're still learning communication. Like that is. How, how do you how do you permit, prevent it from going so low? we just trial and error because it has gone yeah. low and then you wake up sometimes and it, it can get you know sometimes yeah. you don't even intend for it to go there but next thing the next you know day, you're in a space where like, i didn't want to be in. yeah like you just feel like dang like i'm i'm sorry i, I really yeah. don't want to make you feel that way again and i think it's a maturing thing too like right for me like i'm not a person that like i'm the friend that you can call me about a problem but don't keep calling me about the same problem I don't want to hear it. Yeah, anymore. that's me. Call don't me about the solution and then call me when you're not even about the solution. Call me when you are like putting action behind whatever the solution is. So it had gotten to the point where like communication wise, like I had to realize like, yo, what part do you play in this? Because, you know, you play a part as well too. And I just told myself like, if I'm going to be here and we're going to do this, I'm tired of arguing and going back and forth and bickering about the same things. So yeah. we have to find a way where there are things that you will not agree with your partner on strongly, Absolutely. period, like at all. But you got, like, I had to really teach myself how to just be like, you know what? Okay. All right. Okay. Right. Agreed. It's, it's just not, some things are not life or death. Like, so yeah. it's just like, okay. 
I always have to have the last word. Like, yes, she does. <laughs> I do too, but sometimes it's just not worth the energy. Like, and I'm learning that because I'm a last word. I want the first, last, and the middle word. But yes, and I will come back. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll come back and be like. Like, but when you live together, right you really choose your battles wisely because it's like, so all that happens and then y'all got to talk about, okay, but we got to go grocery shopping and now nobody's going to talk because everybody mad about who got the last word. It is like, you really have to choose your battles wisely and you don't want to be miserable, especially not in quarantine living together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, quarantine yeah. living together is a whole different bird. You really love that person. Man. Yes, you do. Because you yes. can't that's when you, that's the test. They yeah, should do quarantine. To... You, they should make you do a mandatory quarantine before you, before nope, you get married. Seriously, like seriously, because it gets down to little stuff. Like yes, it does. Like food, food. Um, who did? Like, why did you drink the last drink? And you know that that was mine. Or why did you put this much of a drink back into the refrigerator? It's nothing in there. It ain't even a sip. It make you bad. And guys are so different than us. Like we think a lot differently than them. So I've had to also learn to, I have my expectations and I have my standards, but we're not the same person. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't approach things the same way I do. He doesn't access things the same way I do. And for a long time, I feel like I was so like, this because I didn't understand like why are you not doing it this way like mm-hmm. I can be very like no but you should do it this way but I always have but he's a whole he's a whole person and he has his own way of thinking yeah. just like and, and that is something even um love you know the way people love like your level of love isn't somebody else's level of love yeah you know and then when, when they say love language like you know I like gifts I like for you to tell me all about myself and let me know how wonderful I am, like on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, some people are not like that. And so it's almost like you have to pay attention on purpose to know about yes. that person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So my question is, what is the number one thing you love to try before you die? Me? Both. Yes. Um, uh, probably like bungee jumping. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't want to try bungee jumping because I'm scared of it. So I'm, I'm scared of heights. I want to do. I, I think wanna I want to. I always say I don't ever want to do this. Like my boyfriend's trying to do this like now, but I want to do it from a plane. I used to be a flight attendant. I used to always wonder like, how do people just? You jump are you are in LA, sis. That's the best place for all the. I was I did paragliding in LA, bungee jumping. And well, outside, I was a little bit north actually, but that's the best place to do all of that. I'm a taker, I'm a risk taker, but um, I also like want to survive the risk. So <laughs> some things are just a little bit don't, extreme. One, one word of advice: don't do it out of the country. Do it on U.S. soil because typically they take more precaution about making sure everything is set up right. It's safety mm-hmm. precaution. The fact that there is people who don't take as much precaution as others is why I have not done it yet. Like that is- And on, on that, I'm gonna take the L. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm scared of heights. I've, I've jumped out of planes. I used to be an outdoor enthusiast. See, yeah, I'm trying to get more into, I'm, I'm like not really a big, like I like to travel and experience things, but 
I'm not as much into like outdoorsy stuff as I like used to be. So I'm trying to get like back into that. So and I'm definitely not camping. Mm-hmm. I camped before in a tent. I glamped before, but I would never do it again. I do a cabin. I do glamping. I do yeah, glamp I do camp. So yeah. like I'll go out there and I'll be out there during the day, but I need a hotel with a bed, a shower at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, I do a cabin. I'm, you won't catch me in a tent. I can do a cabin. I can do a cabin. But them bunk beds. I can do a tent. I've done what? a tent before with my son many times. Nah, mm-hmm. nothing. I did it as a child and I knew then never again. You're like, no. (laughs) All right. Well, Miss Lauren, it has been lovely having you today. Oh, okay. So we have one last question. (laughs) Safari, your interview with him. (laughs) You know, we had to ask, and I I had to tell Naya, I'm like, Naya, he broke the internet. I didn't even know who he was. I was like, who is he? So how was your interview with, with Safari? And then we'll end after that. Well, when I um, interviewed Safari, nobody really like knew who he was besides like Nicki Minaj's boyfriend. And this was when they, it literally was maybe a week after, a couple days after it was announced that they had broken up. And that was like a big thing. And I knew that nobody, cause I, I was just trying to like go viral, not just trying to go viral, but I knew that there were certain exclusive elements that blogs would pick up. And I was trying to build my audience. Let me say it that way. Cause just trying to go viral sounds crazy. Um, so my friend was doing PR for him at the time. And she was like, and I would go to Grammy weekend and BT weekend. I was at BT weekend. She's like, got this new client Safari. If you're still doing your YouTube channel interviews, let me know. And I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely want to talk to Safari. A lot of people weren't checking for him though. So he didn't have any interviews. When him and Nicki Minaj broke up, we heard from her about everything. No one reached out to him because people didn't care about him at that point, mm-hmm. right? Because he was just Nicki Minaj's boyfriend forever. He hadn't done all this stuff. Now he's a personality, but this was before all of that. So I met up with them at an event. It was a fashion show. And I had my friend, uh, Patience, shout out to Patience. She's actually um, Cardi B's brand manager now. But um, mm. we would go everywhere together. And she was helping me on the camera. And we framed up the, the questions we wanted to go. And like, you know, brainstorm before we went. And it broke the internet like it did. So it was a because that was the first time people got to hear his side of the breakup and mm-hmm. his side of what went down and why they broke up and does he wish her well and stuff like that. Like no one, I think he had dropped a song about her. People weren't even checking for it. I think it hit the blogs for maybe like a day. That's how much people weren't paying him attention at that point. But I knew like, okay, even if people don't care about him, they care about Nikki. But also they care, no one really knew what happened as much because she was only saying, but so much. To this day, we still don't know everything. We only know what we've heard a little bit, but he gave us a little bit more insight onto like what happened and, and if they had spoken and all that stuff. So all the blogs picked it up and they had to credit back to my YouTube channel. So I'm this like 23 year old girl just on YouTube figuring things out. And he was like my first, like blogs are picking it up. The views are crazy. It was people were. I remember my friend calling me like, "Yo, they're talking about this on the radio," and they didn't know how to like say they were like two LTV. They didn't really know the because I wasn't like a thing. I was just on YouTube, but it was like a. I was like, okay, I can do this. Like I got this, and he was cool though. And when I met him, I remember thinking like, "Yo, he is so cute." Like I never knew he was. And he got that package. And he's super tall, like amazing. And he got that package. Amazing smile. Like he was everything. So sweet. I was just like, wow. Like, okay, Nikki, I see you. Like people play him. But if you ever meet him in person, you'd be like, "Mm, okay. Like, And we saw the package. Yeah. And he broke the internet again (laughs) after that. And then you really understood why 
He's <laughs> with him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have kept him in my back pocket, but <laughs> I feel like you go sit in time out for a little while and I come back. <laughs> but Miss <laughs> Lauren, we love you. Thank Absolutely. you so much for doing this interview. Um, where can people find you? You guys can find me everywhere. So I'm Lauren LaRosa on almost every social platform um, besides Facebook. But if you search Lauren LaRosa on Facebook, I'll pop up too. I'm on Instagram at Lauren LaRosa, L-O-R-E-N. I just followed you, Lauren. L-O-R-O-S-A. Thank you. I'll follow you back. Um, Twitter, YouTube is Lauren LaRosa TV. And although I can't do my own celebrity interviews because I'm exclusive with TMZ, I do vlog day to day of like just figuring it out here in LA and being young and just figuring out life. So follow follow and subscribe to my YouTube channel also. And yeah, everything that is to come will be there. So check me out on all social media. We're going to have to keep in touch. And Absolutely. especially when you um, get, make sure we're going to have to get some big girl claws and, <laughs> and do it. I will be me, Lauren, not Brianna. We have in all the sizes and stuff like that as well. Oh, good. I want that outfit in a large. Because that would be so I good. Know, I think I only have smalls and mediums and it's I'll check for you okay. and then I'll let you guys know. But thank you guys for having me on though. Thank, thank you. So you. Much, it's been fun. I woke up Absolutely. early for y'all on a Saturday and it was worth Listen. it. Okay, so let me tell y'all the truth moment. So truth moment. I was on the phone at like eleven o'clock. I had just got up. I was my Airbnb people was leaving out. So we were going down to clean up. And I looked at the clock and literally I was like, oh my God, I got to hurry up. I got an interview at 12 o'clock. Oh my goodness. Oh my Jesus. So I'm throwing a shirt on. I ain't got no makeup on. I'm trying to do something to my hair. I sit down in front of the computer and I'm like, oh, it's not until two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, so ready to, um, Okay, so ready to have this interview with you. It's been a build up the last three days, and I'm so excited. Um, shout out to Vinny. Yes. Our, Big shout out to Vinny. <laughs> yes, for putting us together. He was like, You're going to love her. You're going to love her. You guys are yes, so Yes, and we do. She's been awesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys. And Thank Black you. Girls Rock. It's just you keep doing your thing, you follow your instinct, and you know, just keep rising to the top. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Y'all are amazing. This podcast is everything. Hey, you, and if you need any any business help or you need us to <laughs> oh, look over some things, I do do business consulting, so you can always reach out to us. And, and if you're um, ever in Detroit, hit us up. Yes. I got you guys. Thank you. I'm definitely going to stay in contact, though. I had fun today. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Have you a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.